0: It's our pleasure to welcome to Local News Live, Jamie Sybris from A Voice for the Innocent. Jamie, your group does a lot of wonderful work helping out with victims of sexual assault. And full disclosure, I used to be a volunteer. I have wonderful admiration for what you do and for what your program is doing. But tell me a little bit about A Voice for the Innocent and how valuable it is and what work you're doing.
1: Sure. So yeah, thank you for having me and, and uh, for thinking of us for this um, and, and obviously for your volunteer work as well. We loved having you on the team. Um, so a voice for the innocent is a community of support, uh, for people who've been hurt by sexual violence. And so what that looks like for us is, um, a a storytelling platform where people can come and confident, you know, use confidentiality and share their story. And they don't have to tell us who they are. They don't have to tell us anything about them, but they know that they're going to have a spot where they're believed, where people are going to listen to them, where people can offer them help and resources and, and just be a sounding board or maybe help them navigate their way forward. Um, And it all came from my own experiences, my own story, having been abused when I was a kid and receiving, when I told my mom receiving that support, receiving that community, and recognizing as I got older that, hey, that community really helped me heal, helped me get to a good spot and learning just how many people didn't have that community. And so we wanted to provide that online. Um, it's our community is an, essentially an extension of the very community I was given to heal. Um, and so that's what it is. And we try to, you know, we, we allow people to come on anonymously, share stories. The only thing you need is an email address to sign up. Um, and we have volunteers who, who are trained to respond and just listen and, and, you know, and offer you support.
0: It's wonderful that you were able to get that support when you went through something that was obviously so incredibly traumatic, but it seems like. Uh, so many people aren't given that support in other places, which is why they come to a voice for the innocent. Is that fair to say that a lot of people aren't believed, aren't given the support that they need?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, people. A lot of times, people aren't believed. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times, family dynamics, you know, especially for abuse, make it can make it really um, challenging for. Uh, people to find the support they need in a home. For instance, if they're being abused by a sibling, right, and and that sibling's going to stay in that house, and the parents are the parents of both, you know, um, and so that can make it really challenging for a person to feel like they have a safe community at home. Um, a lot of times, people don't recognize that something happened to them until years later. And so then it feels, it can feel challenging for someone to go back to their family and say, hey, I want to revisit something that happened 20 years ago, or I'm realizing that something that happened 10 years ago wasn't okay, and then they're met, of course, with the standard, well, why did you wait so long, you know, and, and which completely can, can invalidate the person, it can make them, you know, make them start to wonder why did I wait so long maybe I'm overthinking this you know whatever and, and that's certainly not the case we know that we know that a lot of times it takes people years and even decades to recognize what happened and find the strength to come forward and so we always like to remind people that it's it's when you're ready on your terms you know um and a lot of times people sometimes people come to us and they have really wonderful communities of support structures of support. And sometimes they have none. And so we're, we're there for no matter where you are. I mean, if you just want a little additional support, if
0: you want, you know, if you feel you don't have
1: any support, we're there for you regardless.
0: Speaking with Jamie Seifers from A Voice for the Innocent, you're the founder of this great group. You've been heading it for, for a number of years now. And when somebody is believed, how does that help with their recovery process? working through the process after experiencing something so traumatic?
1: You know, I think that um, belief is the baseline, you know? Um, I think so often when, a sec- when sexual assault happens or when somebody is sexually assaulted, a lot of times they are of, of, one of only two people in the room where it happened. Uh, a lot of times they do feel like it is very my word versus theirs. And I think a lot of times people can easily, especially if the other person denies it, or a lot of times abusers um, will um, be very, very charming after, if, you know, let's say it's at a party, they'll text the next day and they'll say, we had a great time last night, let's do it again, you know? And, they, and it's, it is intentionally used to make the person who's been assaulted think, am I overthinking this? Am I crazy? Did I? Maybe this didn't happen. Maybe I'm not remembering this the right way, whatever. And so you're already having to, when a person is trying to recount their own story, they're having to rely on only their own uh, memory. And that gets harder and harder the further away it goes. Right. And so when you believe someone, it's saying, no, no, you're you're not crazy. These things do happen. One in three women, one in six men are impacted by sexual violence. So it's very possible you know, that that happened. And and you are the expert of your own experience. So who am I to say something didn't happen? You know, what we also know is that a lot of times when a traumatic event happens, and this is beyond just, you know, um, this is beyond just sexual assault. We hear about this for for people who have um, seen combat. We hear about this for people who have been through a natural disaster, any kind of trauma, when our brains start trying to Um, respond to that trauma they stop filing events in a linear fashion right and so therefore after that event when a person is trying to recount that experience a lot of times it feels jumbled a lot of times you know memories will come later or not all at once and it's hard to have that linear this happened at this time then this then this right so it can make it sound when a person is trying to recount their story. It can, it can, it can make them feel and make the listener feel, oh, this is made up, and you're kind, and that's not the case, right? And so when we just believe, we say you're worthy of support, you're worthy of healing, you're worthy of help, um, then you can actually move
0: into those next steps. But I believe belief is the baseline. And you hit what I was going to ask with my next question, with kind of that last part of your answer. You have a, a group of incredible volunteers on your Voice for the Innocent website that are responding to very traumatizing sexual assault accounts. Mm-hmm. And they have the kind of the free reign to, to give them the, the emotional support they'd like to in whatever way they like to, but there are some um, uh, strategies that, that help out those who've been victims that you recommend. I think you just mentioned a couple of them there at the end. Uh, can you kind of go over some of those, those again?
1: Yeah, so we, we teach our volunteers to listen, believe, and validate, and what those simply mean are is, it's really easy as people when we're listening to somebody, especially an uncomfortable story, especially something that is hard for us to hear. We want to fill that silence. We want to, um, you know, tell our own stories so that a person can. Uh, you know, a lot of times for us, it's like, I'm going to tell my own story so that, you know, I can connect with you. Right. Yeah. But what that can feel like for the other person is us taking over the conversation, us making it about us. And that's not what we want to do. So whether it's online or whether it's in person we or, or on the phone or whatever, we want to allow the person who is telling the story, we want to allow them to have the room to talk. So we listen. Um, and if that means sitting in some silence, that's what we do. We listen. Um, And then when we do go to respond, we want to respond with belief. And and we already talked about that a little bit, you know, how important it is to believe someone. And it's okay to just flat out say, I believe you. I want you to know that I believe you, you know, um, that can do wonders. And then um, with validating, it's just stating that however you are responding to your trauma is okay, you know. People heal differently, people remember things differently, people cope differently. And any of them's okay. Um, it's no, there's no right or wrong way to move forward. And, and that's that's I think the, a thing we hear a lot is people say, I'm not angry enough about this, or I don't, you know, I don't feel the way that I feel like I'm supposed to feel. And when you say, no, no, you're responding the way, however, you're responding is okay, you know? Um, whether you're angry, whether you're sad, whether you're apathetic. I know people who want to, you know, joke about their own experiences, and I'm not going to tell them that's not okay. You know, if that's where they are, that's where they are. Um, however we need to cope and get through is okay. So yeah, listen, believe and validate. And, and when we're, when we're responding and listening to those difficult stories um, we're never going to make it easy to do, but we can simplify the process. And if we fall back on those three core beliefs, listen, believe, and validate, we're typically going
0: to give a solid, compassionate, supportive response. What was the response from people you were around when the news of Bill Cosby being released from prison earlier this week broke? What was the response from people you were around? I was around people at my work. uh, And so
1: I work at a, um, a sexual assault and domestic violence center. We offer counseling and emergency services and emergency shelter and all these kinds of things. And yeah, it was just like, Nobody was really surprised. There was a little bit of, you know, like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? But, you know, it's, it's, it's Brock Turner again, if you remember that case from a couple yeah. years ago, like, you know, the rich person gets a, gets a, a six month sentence, you know? Um, and, and look, you know, I, under, I understand that they're like, due process is a real thing, but I think you can support survivors and have due process Sure. It, it's just it's, un, it's, it's annoying And it's It um, can make you angry But it's certainly not surprising You know
0: That was kind of yeah. that kind of response No I think that's understandable A uh, family member let's say they have somebody come to them Or maybe a friend or somebody close to them And say I was sexual assaulted but it's been some time I'm finally having kind of In the right place to come out with With what happened to me how do you recommend people respond uh, to that when somebody comes to them with that, that situation?
1: Yeah, so I mean, literally, that, that's where we fall back on to listen, believe, and validate, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so giving the person that space they need. A lot of times we can even ask, and this is a bit, this is kind of eye-opening for some people, we can ask what the person needs from us. What do you need from me? Do you need support? Do you need, do you need me to call um, an agency and get some resources for you? Do you need me to just sit with you in this? Do you want advice? Do you want sympathy? What do you, what do you need from me? You know? Um, And, and again, when we, when we're asking that person, "What, what do you need from me? It's another, it's another way we're giving them their power back. When somebody's sexually assaulted, it's an attack on their power, right? It's an, it. and if we can do little things to empower them, do you need me to make a phone call? Do you want to go get lunch while we talk about this? Um, can I, can I buy you a coffee? Do, do you just want to sit here? Do you want to go sit outside? You know, anything that we can do to kind of give folks the ability to make their own decisions or to give folks the ability to um, have their power back is huge. So we listen. And again, we believe and validate, let them know, I believe you, let them know, I, I want to, do what I can to help you. Uh, thank you. Thank them. You know, thank you for telling me. Um, I really, I really appreciate, um, and am humbled that you allowed me to be part of your story, part of your journey. Thank you for trusting me. Um, and then, yeah, what, what are those steps that they need to move forward? Is it helping them weigh out? I want to confront this family member. Okay. Let's talk about that. Is it, um, I want to, you know, go and uh, see about, about, um, about filing charges or pressing charges or talking to a lawyer. Learn great. How can I help with that? Do you want me to? Do you want me to make a list of, of attorneys you could call? Do you want me to call the for you? I mean, anything we can do to offer that that support. I've heard people refer to um, mutually struggling, you know. And so, if if you come to me and you tell me about some pain that you've experienced, what can I do to carry some of that burden for you? And obviously, I can't carry the burden of the emotional pain, you know, the the psychological pain, whatever, but I can do some of the, I can do some of the, the light work for you, right? Like I can make a, I can research some attorneys or counselors. I can find a local crisis center. If you want to go talk, like I can help you do some of that kind of stuff. And so I can join you in that struggle and take some of that daunting legwork away, you know?
0: Absolutely. Jamie, A Voice for the Innocent does a ton of great work online. You're also out speaking to people, though. You're at events and just connecting with people that can help or that might be in need. Uh, what do you have going on next? What are some of the programs you're working with right now? Well, we, you know, we did
1: uh, Vans Warp Tour for a number of years while it was a thing. And <laughs> uh, and it seemed like it ended just in time, right yeah. before the world shut down. Um, and so it's been kind of... Um, it's been kind of a challenging year because we do rely on our events so much. So that kind of that face-to-face word of mouth, we're right here. This is what we do interaction with people. And we haven't been able to have that. So right now, you know, our events committee has been meeting and reaching out. So hopefully we get out and, and sponsor some festivals. We get in front of some folks again and get working with people. I mean, that's the whole thing is we, we want to reach, I mentioned one in three, men, uh, one in three women, one in six men. And yeah. uh, that number even goes up higher for people in the LGBTQ plus community and, and non-binary, not, you know, uh, people. So a lot of people have been impacted. We want to be at events where there are people, um, attending. Um, and so we're working on getting back out there and traveling and yeah, being, being with folks.
0: Very cool. Please remind me where can people find you online?
1: AVFTI.org or a voice for the org Or if you just Google a voice for the innocent, where the first thing that pops up, um, yeah and you can share your story um, anonymously at avfti.org learn about being volunteers you know anything like that